Foodie. 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 Coming at you from the Not A Foodie studio, which is really not a studio, and it's just my dining room in Queens. It's the Not A Foodie podcast, the inaugural episode of the Not A Foodie podcast. Season 1, episode 1. 1.1. I'm Tom. Mike. And we are the Not A Foodie crew. Um, so before we get into this whole thing, let's uh, let's do some introductions. Uh, Mike, who are you? I'm Mike Maranti. I'm from Forest Hills, Queens. Uh, I've been working in restaurants my entire life. When I was 16, I started scooping ice cream at a 100-year-old ice cream parlor called Eddie Sweet Shop. I went to college. I have a degree in hotel management and associates in restaurant management, but I only work in restaurants. Uh, I've worked for Master Sommelier Laura Manic. I've worked for fam- world-famous restaurateur Joe Bastianich. Uh, and I've also worked – I'm currently working now at a brand-new Japanese-Peruvian Nikkei restaurant in Midtown Manhattan called Sensakana. Japanese-Peruvian. So what's that? Um – in the late 1800s, uh, the Japanese went to Peru to work on the railroads, kind of like the Chinese did in California here, mm-hmm. and they didn't leave. And so they showed the Peruvians how to make sushi. They showed the Peruvians how to cook fish. The Peruvians used to toss out octopus uh, before the Japanese came. So it's this really, it's not a fusion. It's this really, really incredible culture. And it's called Nikkei Cuisine. Uh, we're the first ones in New York City to do it. There's, you know, a handful of them in Peru. And then there's one in D.C., one in Boston, and I think one or two in uh, Miami as well. Nice. Well, now that we know all about you and uh, Nikkei Cuisine and your new venture, I'm Tom. I am a PR marketing person by trade, but uh, I got to be like 10 years ago. I started a blog called notafoodie.com, and uh, really it was just for fun. It was for me to put down all of my thoughts and my adventures in, in food and trying to figure out what food was. And I always told myself it's never going to be like a snarky restaurant blog. I don't want to be like, you know, eater or any of those type of nothing. Not that there's anything wrong with those, but I didn't want to do that. I wanted to sort of concentrate on um, the home cook and really figuring out certain things. So I um, started that a long, long time ago. And... Mike, why don't you tell the story about how we met and how this sort of happened? Sure. Uh, I was a waiter after college. I was working at this steakhouse in Queens in Astoria called Cristo Steakhouse. And Tom and his wife came in and they sat in my section and we just were talking about food. I'm, I'm a really good waiter. Uh, I make conversation pretty easily. And then we realized that we were both from the same neighborhood and we liked this. Oh, you, uh, you go to Station House a lot. And Station House is like a really nice gastropub in the neighborhood, and I used to scoop ice cream with like three kids that worked there. <laughs> so we we had a, we knew a bunch of the same people. We liked a bunch of the same things, so we just like added each other on Facebook and Instagram and stayed in touch. I think what what drew me to sort of the the whole podcast idea. I mean, this is Mike. Mike called me up and said, "Hey, do you want to do a podcast around not a foodie?" And you know, I said, "I said yeah." You know, I had thought about it, and I said. I, look, this is what I sort of think of not a foodie. Like, what do you think of not a foodie? And I think we had both the same sort of sensibility of what the podcast should be and what not a foodie means. Um, 
which is you know it, cooking is cooking is easy cooking is uh fun. Co- it's fun yeah i i uh i cook very simple things and my friends are like blown away by it and it's like it, it's almost like a I, I take pride in the easier the dish is and the more impressed they are. By yeah, it. Sir, I mean, I, I, same thing. Like, I will go into my tiny little garden in Queens and I'll get some tomatoes, I get some basil, and I'll make pasta from scratch. And it's the simplest dish, right? It's like tomatoes, basil, garlic, and pasta. But because um, it's made with good ingredients, it's made fresh, everything um, is done like right there. It just becomes something different. So, like, food doesn't have to be complicated. It just has to be good. It has to be good. It has to be good and fresh and simple. Um, no, that's Italian cooking. That's the motto. The, the <laughs> philosophy of Italian cooking is high quality, simple ingredients. Right, right. And and you know that's not to say that uh, as I started down this path, I didn't all of a sudden veer off into weird, you know, molecular gastronomy stuff and sous vide and freeze drying and putting things in whippers and trying to come up with emulsions and things like that. But I always sort of approach it as I'm just some dude in his kitchen that doesn't really have a culinary background. I, you know, wrote about food for a little while. I did some PR for some food based, uh, food based publications, but, uh, you know, it's something that, uh, I wanted to always say that this is fun experimentation and anybody should be able to do it. And it's easy to get good results. Yeah. And uh, I've been talking about how I've been working in food in restaurants forever, strictly front of the house. I've never worked in a professional kitchen, and I think that's something that I need to like make clear right now. I can tell I, you have soft hands. Very. Like, no, like no burns. <laughs> no. I, I've uh, I cut myself shaving truffles table side. That that that's the closest. Um, I've ever come to kitchen injuries. <laughs> we've all had, we've all been there, right? I mean, who among us have not shaved truffles and you know sliced off half a finger? <laughs> so today's episode of Not a Food, because we decided that if we're going to do a podcast, we need to have episodes and themes. Otherwise, it would just be like four hours of Mike and I talking about hyper local stuff, like our favorite butcher in the neighborhood and Shout things out like Mitch. that. Mitch. Um, Mitch is our favorite butcher in the neighborhood. Mitch has known me literally my entire life. <laughs> I love Mitch. Mitch is great. We call when we go to Mitch. Um, so we're gonna veer off for a second here and talk about Mitch. When we go to Mitch and get a steak, um, we always call it getting Mitched. Like we'll ask for a steak <laughs> for like, oh man, we'll ask for a steak for like two people, and Mitch will give us like this four-inch thick steak, and you know it feeds us for two days, but you know. It's getting mitched, and you have to know that you're going to get mitched when you go in there. And it's awesome. <laughs> it's awesome. He's great. He knows me better than I know myself. <laughs> so today's episode, um, we were bat- batting around some titles, and we call this one Avocados Are Overrated. And we wanted to just talk about food that we think is completely overrated. Food and food trends, too. Yeah, yeah. Food and food trends. So avocados are overrated. What's your position on avocados? I like a raw avocado sliced up. I don't need avocado toast with uh, goat cheese and like pickled onions. I don't need avocados on top of everything. Uh, and they're, they're super expensive now, too. They're, That's because you're a millennial and you ruined it for all of us. I know, I know. I keep buying avocado toast and now I just I can't pay my mortgage. That's... <laughs> That that's how that works, right? Like I read that article. <laughs> maybe if I just stop buying avocado toast and cold brew, yes, I, I would 
own a home like you, Tom. <laughs> Um, yes, because the avocado trend didn't really occur till later on in my life, till I was all, till I had my mortgage all squared away. So I was approved, and then avocados came into life. So who's, so lucky, exactly. So lucky. I mean, you know, it's a it's a sliding door scenario. If avocados would have been introduced, you know, a couple years earlier, maybe I'd be destitute on the street, begging for avocados. <laughs> I I do hate avocado fries though. What avocado fries are just what sliced up avocado? Slice them and then bread them and fry them, and like I. I don't see most fried things like that really working. Like, I've never had a fried pickle I like either. Really? Yeah, I want them to be crunchy, and I feel like they're never, they lose the crunch from the breading and everything. I, yeah, well, you know, now you've planted that seed in my head. Now I'm going to try to make the crispiest of fried pickles, because I do like fried pickles once in a while. Not a foodie episode, too. The perfect fried pickle. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I um, So my view on avocados is, I, I love avocados. I love them in my breakfast. I love uh, I love slicing them up, put a little sea salt and olive oil on top of them, having them as a little snack. But I agree with you. I I, I remember I have a, a lot of friends that are in the restaurant business in um, Australia, and the avocado toast was something that they were always eating over there. It was it was very very popular, and I remember when it became popular here. People are like, what? Why? Why are you guys all fetish, fetish, fetishizing, fetish, fetishizing, yeah. fetishizing avocado toast? Like it's just a staple breakfast for us. For the gram. Yeah. For the gram. That's it. Well, I and that's the other thing. I feel like a lot of these food trends are just for the gram. Like, it, um, I was talking to uh, th- this guy who owns a couple of ramen shops in Chicago. Came to Sense Karma, and we were just talking industry. And Instagram is the most important thing in the restaurant in the food industry anything food wise instagram is the biggest invention ever to get your name out there to get things out there there's uh anthony bourdain was big on like saying like he was one of the first guys that talked about food porn Mm -hmm. and uh instagram is it's literally just food porn yeah on my instagram feed there's like people's dogs and food No, I I agree. My Instagram feed probably is the same thing. Plus, um, I'm a little older, so it's also kids. So kids, dogs, and food. Oh, okay, well, for me, it's wedding pictures and, and engagements. And oh, uh, at not a foodie picks on Instagram. If you want to see what we are up to, by the way, yes, at not a foodie picks. Not a foodie picks. P I C S. Right. Mm-hmm. All right. We got the got to give a shout out to the Insta. Um. All right. So next on the list, what do you think about bacon? So when you and I are both. We're not anti-bacon. We're pro-bacon, but we're not pro-bacon over guanciale, over pancetta, bacon every single time. I don't need. Guanci- Tell everybody what guanciale is, because guanciale is guanciale is, like, is the jowls, right? Yeah, it's yeah. the jowl of the pig. Yeah, so if it's you like make fancy face bacon, when when you make carbonara, you don't use cream and you don't use bacon. You just use an extra egg yolk and guanciale. Yeah, guanciale is. Uh, is the pinnacle of the cured pork product, in my opinion. And you can't really like buy it. I've, I don't think I've ever had proper guanciale. I, I make it. Yeah. I make it from scratch. I order Episode hot three, jowls. homemade guanciale. <laughs> and, yeah, it's it's crazy. You go down into my basement, and it's like something out of uh, you know a horror movie. There's pig body parts hanging and curing. and you know. I, I think the bacon thing's more like you don't need everything bacon-wrapped. Agreed. Uh, yeah. Like, 
it dates wrapped in bacon. That's like an old school dish. Right. But like, what are the devils on horseback? Yes. Yeah. I don't need um, leeks wrapped in bacon. I don't need <laughs> asparagus wrapped in bacon. I don't like. It's all good, but like, do do something that isn't just wrapped in bacon. You know what I love? I love asparagus wrapped just in fat back in pork fat. Yeah. In, in okay. lardo, that I think it gives it. You know, it gives the fat. Obviously, fat is just awesome. You mm-hmm. know, fat gives everything flavor. Uh, or like use use duck fat. I don't know. Duck fat fries are yep. insane. Yep. So and, and like also in regards to like cured meat, bacon is like the entry level. Bacon is entry level cured meat. Yeah. And and the thing is, I I love bacon. I'm I'm a bacon person. I think that um, for my mornings, I'd rather have like sausage egg and cheese and a bacon egg and cheese. I think sausage egg and cheese hands down beats a bacon egg and cheese any day. But um, I bacon just in general i think it's good as a flavoring i think i think a properly made blt is one of is like you know touching divinity i think it's really awesome in, in college my friend alga yuski got drunk and got drunk and tried to make a blt and it was just a pound of bacon uh <laughs> cooked down over bread that that's a, <laughs> ain't nothing wrong with that <laughs> so that that's act, that might be divinity I think so. I think bacon needs to be used Regulated. sparingly, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think that if you do, like, if you take a little bit of bacon just to get that smokiness into something, into a sauce, or into some vegetables, or Brussels sprouts and bacon, delicious, you know, mm-hmm. things like that. But yeah, I, you know, the food porn where you're just wrapping everything in bacon, you're making bacon weaves so that you can, you know, wrap up, you know, whatever a meatloaf a sausage, in bacon, yeah, <laughs> yeah things like that. Um, it's overkill. So yes, bacon is delicious, and it's overrated. <laughs> what about avocados and bacon together? Um, I for breakfast. Maybe? I've had BLTs with A's. Yeah. <laughs> avocado BLTs. But I think like those that, are good. that goes into avocados. That's like the avocado fetish. Yeah. Because like you don't a BL, a good BLT. I don't think you need anything else. I I, I agree with that. I definitely agree with that. <laughs> Taking, we're tackling controversial issues that we both agree on, so we need to have a little bit of, you know, we need to we need to be at a, at odds with a couple of these. I think we'll get there. Um, <laughs> next up's aioli. Aioli. What's yeah. what's aioli? Aioli is mayonnaise. Aioli is mayonnaise with something else in it, which is whatever the word before aioli is. So, <laughs> so garlic aioli is garlic mayonnaise. Uh, sriracha aioli is sriracha mayonnaise. Yeah. Uh, anchovy aioli, mayonnaise. But, yeah. So essentially, it's not the aioli, the item, the, the mayonnaise is overrated. I love a good sriracha mayo, especially on a burger. But the word aioli is the most pretentious. <laughs> I, like, you, you'll go to like a, a good gastropub and they'll have like ridiculous burgers with like silly names like hogs heaven or like i don't know making bacon like st- fun stuff and then it'll be like sriracha aioli it's like you who are you <laughs> like <laughs> i bet you so first of all two things do, does hellman's have an aioli could they like rebrand themselves just as an aioli i um, wonder if they have anywhere on their label like I, aioli i barbecued at a friend's house upstate this summer and we bought it was straight up sriracha mayo 
instead of having to buy Sriracha and buy Hailman's, it was just ready to... It wasn't from them. It was from somebody else. Really? But that's like a missed opportunity on their part. I think so, too. I bet you if you look at the back of a bottle of Hellman's, it'll give you recipes for different kinds of aiolis, which, you know, basically mix this and that. <laughs> <laughs> mix mix Hellman's with X, and you'll get, you know, X aioli. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, the name just sounds pretentious. It's the most pretentious. It's mayonnaise. <laughs> it's, and it, mayonnaise by itself is sort of a boring, you know, it's it's... It's really good. People underestimate what mayonnaise can do, but it is sort of a boring condiment when you think about it. I mean, it just screams out mediocrity, right? Especially, like, in 2017 with, like, the internet and memes. Like, <laughs> mayonnaise is just to make fun of white people. Right? <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, this mayo is too spicy. One well, star so, on Yelp. Sriracha, do you think sriracha is overrated? No. I think, I think when sriracha was, like, first getting hot, for a little bit, it was used a little too much, but it kind of, like, cleared... Like, sriracha mayo doesn't have to exist. Uh, sorry, not sriracha mayo. Sriracha ketchup doesn't have to exist. Yeah, what, what is that? Is it just sriracha it's, it's, mixed with yeah, ketchup? Yeah, that's it. And, like, Why? Uh, they because it, sriracha was, like, a hot thing. Yeah. But I, I think, like, you saw, like, sriracha milkshakes and stuff for, like, a minute, and then it, like, everyone yeah. was like, no, this is gross, but I'm going to keep using sriracha. I guess sriracha is one of those other things where I like I like sriracha. I've got a whole bunch of it and a whole bunch of different kinds in the in the fridge. You ever had green sriracha? Yeah. What is that? It's, they have it at Trader Joe's. Um, it's just a little bit more herby. Okay. <laughs> That's about it. <laughs> yeah, it's nothing nothing <laughs> special. Oh, like okay, so that would be where I would say like sriracha is a little ridiculous. Like, I don't know. Green, yeah. Green sriracha doesn't need to exist if sriracha exists. <laughs> it's the same thing. Well, so what is in your opinion? Uh, is there an overrated hot sauce? Tabasco. Tabasco. Yeah. Tabasco, Tabasco is the, the the mother of hot sauces. The original. Uh, I don't know if it's the original, but it is the probably the most well known of the mm -hmm. of the hot sauces. And just like for for what it is and the price it is and how available it is, like just use Cholula, use Red Devil, you <laughs> use not Tabasco. I've got in my cabinet. I've got like an old crusty bottle of Tabasco that I use you know, a couple times a year just because I want Tabasco. But really, I mean, it's got to be 10 years old, that bottle of Tabasco that I have in there because I have a quart of Cholula in my house somewhere, like, you know. Like Frank's Red Hot might be the other one, but for if you're making buffalo chicken wings, you just, like, it, it feels sacrilegious to use something else. Yeah, you have to use Frank's. But that's the only thing I use Frank's for. Yeah. It's for buffalo sauce. Mm -hmm. I don't use it for anything else. Um, so... Cholula, whenever you use Tabasco, Frank's Red Hot, only for buffalo wings, and Sriracha on everything. For everything. And Sriracha, I I put Sriracha in places where Sriracha should not be. I, like, oh. I, I'll make, like, you know, an Italian Sunday sauce, and I'll put a little Sriracha in it. Every week? Every no, not every week. But, you know, once in a while, just to give it a little bit more depth of flavor, just, to pe just so people are like, hmm, what's that? You know, it's, it's garlicky. Um, it's got a little spice to it, and when you mix it with all the tomatoes and everything else, like it, it, you know, it, it it doesn't taste like sriracha. It just gives it a, it deepens the flavor of an already awesome sauce. And I feel like if you're making it for Italians, Italians love heat. Yeah. Like my my Italian family likes hot food more than any other group of any other family I know. So I've always wondered why there is no Italian hot sauce. Like I make 
a garlicky spicy from chili peppers from my garden i make like a like a garlicky like hot salsa hot hot sauce that i use for like you know clams oregano or, or for italian dishes like i've always wondered why there's no mass market you know i keep thinking tommy from queen's italian hot sauce is uh you should get it together before this episode goes live <laughs> write a business plan yeah get, right get some investors <laughs> Yeah, I'll, I'll be right on that. It's, <laughs> it's with my ideas of, you know, sriracha mayo. I have it all in a notepad somewhere. <laughs> uh, what's, we, we came up with a list of things. So what's next on our list? Oh, this is the one that I think you and I are going to argue about. Okay. Kale. What's wrong with kale? It sucks. <laughs> um, a kale, like, kale is very healthy for you, but so is spinach. Um, kale does not ha- provide much more nutritional value than spinach does in a serving. And it tastes so much better. The it's so, like kale's so fibrous. I I'd much rather have a romaine Caesar salad than a kale Caesar salad. I used to do a lot of uh, green smoothies in the morning, and I tried it with kale, and then I tried it with spinach, and I was like, oh no, I'm never using kale again. I think you can't equate the two. I think you can't equate kale and spinach. Why not? They're both green. <laughs> they're they're both vegetables. Yeah, I mean, so it's an avocado. <laughs> no, but they're both leafy greens. I think they have a completely different taste. Yeah, uh, so, one's okay. good and one's bad. Yes, you're, you're tro- I agree with you a million percent. They have a totally different taste. I like – so I don't like the green curly kale that you see, and I don't like kale smoothies. It's disgusting. Um, but, like, I, I use – I grow Toscano kale. And the fact, like, some people call it dinosaur kale. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, big, like, one gigantic dark green leaf. Um, I've used that to make, like, a – carb friendly i would call it a lasagna but i would probably get my ass kicked by people so instead of using so, pasta noodles you use this toscano use kale. kale um big big leaves so like if it. i was gonna make that i would use eggplant if then then you got an eggplant parm yes which is <laughs> also infinitely better but <laughs> no i don't know i I'm, I'm a fan of the kale but I will admittedly, I will say that I, um, that when I'm cooking great. it by itself, no, when I'm cooking it by itself, I douse it in garlic and oil and <laughs> spicy pepper. So oh, I deep pretty much like the sole of my shoe would taste really good if I doused it in garlic and butter and oil. So <laughs> I think, okay. I, so we disagree on kale. <laughs> well, okay. So, so going from kale to a trend that really bugs me that I guess is sort of related to kale is anything grass fed. So yeah, kale tastes like grass. <laughs> <laughs> but like grass fed, grass fed steaks, grass fed beef. I, look, I understand that it's better for the animal and it's you know more conducive to what they would normally be eating. But um, and this is definitely politically incorrect. Give me like a big old fatty corn fed marbled steak. And I've had the grass fed. I, you know, I love it, and you know, I, I or I don't love it, but I mean, I've had it. Appreciate I appreciate it. it. I know what it is, but I think it loses some of the flavor. I um, it's just not something that would ever like pull me to ordering a steak. Yeah. I um, I think it's an excuse to charge fifty percent more for a steak. Yeah, if I if I'm buying steaks to cook at home, I'm just gonna buy a ribeye or a strip or whatever, whatever we whatever looks good that day i don't care if it's grass-fed or not and yeah. then if i'm ordering a steak at a restaurant that's not a steakhouse it's probably their only steak 
So it's well, like, first of all, why would you order a steak? I don't at a restaurant. I really, that's not a steakhouse. Hang, strip, <laughs> uh, not not strip. Sorry, like hanger or skirt. Yeah, that's it. yeah, yeah. Those are those are good. But anything else, like steak frites at a at a at a restaurant that's not a steakhouse, is totally fine. You, well, there are steak frites restaurants. Have you ever been to La Relade de Venise? I no. just butchered that. There's like four. I was wondering what the heck yeah. that was. Le Relade de Venise, maybe. Where's uh, that? Uh, so there's one. I think it's Upper East Side. There's Manhattan. Yeah, there's two in London and one in Paris. I've I been, have never been. I've no. been to the one in Paris. I have not been to the one in the city. You sit down. They take the they their menu is just a wine it's a wine list. Mm-hmm. They take the temperature of your steak. They bring out a uh, when a, you say they take the temperature, they ask you yeah. how you want it. Okay. Mm-hmm. They give you they bring out like this Dijon mustard salad. You eat that. Then they give you your steak in like this calf liver sauce, like this delicious, incredible sauce with a side of fries. You eat that. Then your third course is the second half of your steak with a fresh thing of fries. And and then they give you a dessert menu. Hmm. That sounds quite delicious. It, it is and so quite French awesome. and decadent and incredible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I that's that sounds it's, delicious. And it's definitely not grass fed. <laughs> yeah, I think grass fed. Like I said, completely overrated. And you know what? I'm all for um I, when you feed an animal something um, that whatever the animal eats that seeps into the taste of the meat. So mm-hmm. like, you know, acorn fed hog and, you know, things like that. I, they're awesome. It's really, really good. And you get a very distinct flavor. But beef is a, its own flavor. Beef is beef. And beef, um, you're not going to get the subtleties of grass fed or this or that, you know, um, grass fed cows that make butter that's a completely different story but if i'm gonna um, if i'm gonna eat that meat <laughs> uh, it's yeah i don't need grass fed so two thumbs down on grass fed <laughs> next on the list what do we put down here freak shakes freak shakes oh this goes back to our instagram porn stuff right the food porn mm-hmm. stuff yeah freak shakes are just they're just stupid <laughs> they're just it's just stupid i don't need a, I don't need a Snickers blended up in some ice cream with a birthday cake on top and a Roman candle sticking out of it. Here, yeah. Here's how you make the perfect milkshake. These are all the ingredients. And, and everybody needs to listen to this gentleman because he worked at an ice cream parlor, an old school ice cream parlor. So here I, I we go. I was a professional for two years. Yes. Actually, side note, still the longest job I've ever had. <laughs> That's right. The two years from like 16 to 18 at Eddie's Feature. Nice. Um, so... You have a syrup. Uh, you can use like a Ubet's chocolate syrup. You can make a coffee syrup just with coffee, old coffee and simple syrup. Whatever. You have your syrup. You have your ice cream. You have your milk. And then malt powder is optional. And that's it. <laughs> that, that's all it is. Uh, you could do a vanilla ice cream with a coffee syrup. You could do chocolate with chocolate syrup. You could do a black and white where you're doing vanilla with chocolate syrup. You can add a second scoop to make it thicker. Um, at Eddie's, there's a one scoop one is a milkshake, two scoops is a frosted, and three scoops is a thick shake. Mm-hmm. A chocolate frosted or a vanilla coffee frosted is like peak milkshake. All right. <laughs> what is? I, I got a question about U-Bets because when I was a kid, my grandfather um, taught me how to make an egg cream. Yeah. And he said, you know, you got to have U-Bets. And I said, well, can't you get Hershey's or whatever? No, you got to be U-Bets. Eddie's made their own chocolate syrup. Mm-hmm. So I don't. 
I've never actually had UVET syrup. What? Like, yeah, they make their own. Well, I, I was wondering if it was just a regional thing, if it's like an old school like uh, New well, York City I, thing. I don't know if egg creams are outside of like New York City. Yeah. I, I don't know. Maybe 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 it'll go up to like Boston or something, like a northeast thing, but I don't think they're like out big outside of the city. Most people don't know what they are. So for all of our listeners that are not in New York, please let us know if yeah. <laughs> if you bet is a listeners. regional thing. All oh. of our all of our listeners oh. since this hasn't been published yet, so that's zero. And egg cream, by the way, is milk, syrup, and seltzer water that you really need from like a fountain for the the bubbles to come right. Uh, they're delicious. It's a fizzy chocolate milk. Yeah. It's a fizzy chocolate milk that you have to drink in like one gulp. Yeah. Like you can't put it down and sip it. It's just you you gulp it down. <laughs> All right, cool. Um uh, so milkshakes. Oh, wait, you know what we could do with the in parallel or in conundrum with uh the freak shakes. In conundrum. The the freak bloody marys. Oh. So you have like your bloody mary and then they put like a prawn a yeah. hot dog, a hamburger, and like a steak. <laughs> so as a I garnish. think, I in New Orleans, I remember having Bloody Marys where they put some some spicy um, shrimp on top of it, and you know, it, and it's delicious. Um, they put an oyster on top of it. I think that's fine. That's but great. That, that's one. That's yes. one garnish. I've also been in Austin, Texas, where there's a little home smoked bacon stuck it, in it, which I think is is delicious. Instead of like a pickle, I I don't really like the pickle and the lime garnish for mm-hmm. uh, the Bloody Mary. What what is your Bloody Mary garnish of choice? I would I would like like one piece of bacon. Well, or, yeah. Or like what what you're saying, like a nice garnish, but not. I don't want. Brunch as a Bloody Mary with the, a stick of sliders. I have um I have a Bloody Mary secret. I have a, a secret ingredient, and it was smuggled back from a bachelor party that I went to years ago in the Bahamas. <laughs> it's my, my mind got is like racing. Two or three <laughs> bottles of this stuff, and it's like totally printed out in someone's backyard, like uh, label taped onto it. It's Bahamian goat pepper sauce. And the goat pepper in the Bahamas is like this really spicy, smoky sort of uh, pepper. And I remember I used to, on Sunday mornings, it's not around anymore, I used to go to Eddie's, um, Nice Guy Eddie's on Houston and Avenue A in Manhattan. I'd go there to watch basketball when, when basketball was good. And I would roll up to the bar at like noon and bring a bottle of Bahamian goat pepper sauce with me, put it down with the New York Times because I'm, you know, a, a, one of those stereotypical new york liberals that go to the bar with the new york times on sunday and hot sauce and hot sauce sauce. yes and i'd sit there and drink my uh bloody marys with my bahamian goat pepper hot sauce (laughs) and i got the whole bar hooked on bahamian goat pepper hot sauce so much as that i had to stop bringing it because i was afraid i was going to run out do you have any left or is it i do i do i have a little bit left i use it sparingly that is my (laughs) that is my secret ingredient Bahamian goat pepper. Bahamian pe- goat pepper sauce. Not overrated. Yes, no, not overrated. <laughs> um, all right, what is overrated? Um, and this, I think, goes along with the whole Instagram thing. You put down the ramen burger. Yes. So this is like two parts. The first part is there's this really incredible food market in Williamsburg. Well, it started in Williamsburg. Now there's I think three or four locations. It's called Smorgasburg, 
and it, it's a food flea market. So you go there, it's a huge space, and uh, it's just all these different food vendors. Um, the most famous probably out of there is Arancini Brothers. Oh, yeah, Rice Balls. Mm-hmm. They they had a, a stand at Forest Hill Stadium. I oh, Forest Hill Center Stadium here in Queens is a great music venue that has a whole bunch of food stands um, from local vendors from all over the city. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the Arancini Brothers, the, when they go there, um, I definitely waddle home. <laughs> I was – my friend was online to buy a beer, and I was eating the Arancini, and the guy asked me if I can show him my ID so he could give me a wristband, and I didn't want to stop eating them. So I told him, no, it's fine. I'm not drinking. <laughs> I will forsake my alcohol I for my need, rice balls. I needed both of my hands. So anyway, <laughs> so, ramen burger. <laughs> so Arancini Brothers, not overrated. No. Ramen burger, very overrated. Ramen burger is you have a small slider, and then instead of a bun, you have two buns made out of like fried ramen um is it is it dried ramen or it, is it fried or how like is it like the ramen that it's you like get? a patty it's it's like a okay just a, a patty I mean, of ramen it's been cooked yeah it's, it's not raw no uh, like i mean it's not the um the dried stuff that you get in the little packages no it's it's, it's that pet after it's been cooked you know? okay it's after it's been cooked and then it's sort of fried so it's crispy again mm-hmm. okay and it sucks so like I I didn't go at Smorgasburg because at Smorgasburg there they have the longest line. That's they, crazy. They have the absolute longest line. There are so many great things at Smorgasburg. So, so people can just Instagram the shit out of it. And uh, so I was at like a Brooklyn flea market and they were there and I was like, oh, there's nobody here. If I'm gonna get this, this is the time to get it. It's like nine ten dollars for like a White Castle sized, uh, a little bit more beef than a White Castle patty, but White Castle slider sized burger and it was just like mediocre there was nothing there was no i didn't instagram it i didn't enjoy it it was like miserable if i waited online if i waited 20 minutes online for that it would have literally ruined my day i feel like i would have been pissed i i don't know that i've ever had the ramen burger i don't think that i have i'm definitely you you would definitely know if you had yeah i'm aware of it and i was always sort of like eh you know eh eh <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, I, so I can't weigh in on this. I will be an impartial sort of observer for for your rant on ramen burger. Here, I'm I'm googling it to show you photos. You know what makes for a great podcast is when you Google things. It's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I'm looking at these these photos, and it's just Instagrams. It's just, I mean, I'm scrolling and scrolling and scrolling, and like I haven't, you know, infinite scroll of ramen burgers. And it's people waiting online for ramen burgers, and that makes no sense to me. No, we we eighty six ramen burgers, very overrated. Okay, well, I think we should move on to the most overrated. Yeah. Um, and I, I will preface this by saying, yesterday Mike was at Trader Joe's, and I have at least a dozen texts of photos of things that are pumpkin or pumpkin spice. I wasn't even looking. <laughs> I was just shopping at Trader Joe's. And we, we wrote the list. And it, they had Trader Joe's pumpkin spice Cheerios. What? Yeah. Uh, pumpkin spice yogurt. Pumpkin pumpkin flavored pasta. Like, uh, it's so, just over, too uh, much. Well, okay. So 
I, I think pumpkin pasta, you make a pumpkin puree, you put it inside a ravioli or something like that, and you make a little sage brown butter sauce with it, that's fine. But my big issue with anything pumpkin or pumpkin spice, and this is not, you know, this is not something that hasn't been said before, is that most things that are pumpkin flavored or pumpkin spice are or most most things that are pumpkin spice don't taste like pumpkin. No, it's it's the spices in the pumpkin. It's like pie. nutmeg and allspice and, and cinnamon. Yeah, and cinnamon. And that's the I mean, the, the biggest offender for all of this has to be the coffee. The latte. Oh, PSLs. Hashtag PSL. <laughs> I see the sports fan of me is like personal seat license. What? Yeah, pumpkin spice lattes. I I don't understand that at all. I know I'm gonna piss off a lot of Have people. Have you ever had one? No. I've no. had one just to see what it was, and it was, it was just coffee. It was just not good coffee. Well, I'm a I'm a coffee person. Yeah. So all black. Yeah. I mean, I can't. I mean, and I like I like a little bit of sugar here and there, and I'm also Italian, so I'll you know I'll put some alcohol so in it once in a while. But like a pumpkin spice latte, I I don't get. I absolutely, and I love pumpkin pie. I like. I love you know what I think is awesome um, during this time of year when pumpkins are just abundant. Uh, there's a Thai restaurant that does like a pumpkin Thai curry, oh. which is phenomenal. And pumpkin and curry go together like perfectly. And, I don't know it's why. Curry spice. It's not yes. pumpkin. Spice. It's not pumpkin spice. It's pumpkin with curry spice. <laughs> but yeah, so, disgusting. So really quick, I'm just gonna read off all the photos. Uh, oh yeah, these, these are these are what I got. I got this endless stream of text from Mike yesterday while I'm trying to watch football. Harvest creamy pasta sauce. Try this pumpkin and butternut tomato sauce over fall themed pumpkin shaped pasta. What? Wait, wait, wait. So let's that, go back. That's from the sample, the sampler. Wait, but pumpkin themed pasta? Like, what are they saying? It's pumpkin like, shaped pasta. Fall themed pumpkin shaped pasta. Why? I mean, I feel like that's like what my kids eat. My kids like to have you know macaroni and cheese with like uh, stormtrooper faces and you know frozen characters, but. Yeah, I don't get that. Fall harvest salsa uh, as autumnal and an, on. Oh, this is a lot of words. An <laughs> autumnal melange of fruits and veggies, including pumpkin, apples, and butternut squash. That sounds disgusting. It sounds awful. Pumpkin tortilla chips. Why? Pumpkin ice cream. That's like the one that I'll be like, okay, yeah. sure. No, pumpkin ice cream is good. There's a great uh, ice cream shop out on the North Fork of Long Island, Magic the Fountain. One, right? Yeah. Magic Fountain. And during this time of year, they have pumpkin ice cream that has actual chunks of pumpkin in it. And it's wow. delicious. Pumpkin biscotti. That is no. like a sin. No. Uh, pumpkin waffles. Why? Pumpkin cranberry crisps and pumpkin soup crackers. Pumpkin, pumpkin soup is good, but why put it in cracker form? I, I just I don't get this. Seasoned brown rice crackers with pumpkin puree and oats, gluten free. This is, I'm seething inside right now. This is making me angry. Pumpkin spice salted caramels. <laughs> this is actually the best one. This is the absolute best number one pumpkin spice ingredient at Trader Joe's. Pumpkin spiced pumpkin seeds. <laughs> so okay, so it's pumpkin seeds that have cinnamon, nutmeg, and allspice, and, and allspice on. All right. <laughs> pumpkin o's. Pumpkin O's. Pecan, pecan pumpkin instant oatmeal. The list goes on and on. Country and on. pumpkin spice granola cereal. That was the last one. Country. What is that? Country pumpkin. Country pumpkin spice granola cereal. So, okay. So what my. Eat with Trader Joe's pumpkin Greek yogurt is what it says <laughs> underneath it. <laughs> well, I like. Do any of these actually taste like pumpkin, or do they just taste like pumpkin spices that go in pumpkin pie? I, 
I didn't buy any of that. <laughs> All right. Wait, that could be episode two, actually. Just us eating and go running to Trader Joe's really quick and just buying buying everything, everything pumpkin and confusing the shit out of the. We've got a lot of cashier. episode two ideas. <laughs> yeah, they're gonna think we're running some pumpkin fetish cult somewhere, which I, I, I mean, it's, that's called the suburbs. <laughs> I bought a week's worth of mango greek yogurt and a week's worth of dried mangoes so she was just like oh okay yeah, mango <laughs> that's fine <laughs> all right well i think that that does it for uh for foods that we hate mm-hmm. <laughs> no that's not true it's not foods that we hate foods that are overrated it, it, it started off as foods that were overrated <laughs> then, it turned, into then it turned into me hate. wanting to strangle someone <laughs> So I think one of the things that we had talked about um, when we were coming up with the podcast is coming up with cool, fun segments. And you told me that you you had one. You've got a, a segment that oh, you yeah. wanted to you um, wanted to try. I, I don't know about this, but go ahead. It's the ultimate time killer. It's called Marry, Fuck, Kill. I am familiar with this game. So can, why don't you explain to everybody what, what that so, is? So Marry, Fuck, Kill, you usually use three people. One that you would marry and be with forever. One that you would have a passionate night of lovemaking with. Mm-hmm. And one that you would kill. <laughs> so it's a family-friendly podcast. <laughs> so when when we're talking about it, I, I feel like marry is like you you can eat it for the rest of your life. Okay. Fuck is like you can have it like once and kill is you can never have it again. It's 86. It's done. Okay. So um, I'm with you so far. Do you want to do the pasta one? Sure. Okay. So stuffed pasta. Okay. Nudie. Okay. Ravi- get, so nudie is, is just pasta pasta filling that has no pasta around it. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, pretty yeah. much. Okay. N- nudie is delicious. Nudie. nudie. Yeah, it is delicious. Uh, tortellini mm-hmm. and ravioli. That's – oh, dude. That's rough. That's rough. Um, so I think right off the bat, nudie has to be killed. Oof. I think nudie's got to be killed. And it's not that I don't love nudie. Nudie is awesome. But, like, I don't even know if that's a pasta. Like, I need carbs. I'm, I'm just, I'm a carbs guy. I need carbs. Like, I think it's delicious, but eh, I, I could live without it. I definitely could live without it. Um, while I'm making raviolis, I can just take a scoop of whatever the filling is. No, you can't because you it. killed it. Oh, <laughs> you killed wait, it. but I can eat it inside a pasta. Yes, right. Yes. Okay. Okay. That's fine. Totally fine. <laughs> totally fine. I got it. All right, marry. All right, I, I've got it. Oh. Marry is ravioli, just because it's something that I've known my whole life. Um, it's comforting. It's amazing. It's delicious. It's the one pasta you can stuff with pumpkin. <laughs> yes, not pumpkin spice, but pumpkin. You could stuff it with anything. It's yeah. I mean, so that so there you go, right there. I mean, it's just it, there's an endless, um, a, a endless opportunity to stuff it with things. So you've got that. Um, it sounds bad. Like I'm marrying something that I have an endless. Uh, anyway, <laughs> I'm gonna marry it because I can stuff it. Yeah, endlessly. with anything. <laughs> um, and fuck is is uh is tortellini. I mean, and I would say that it it wouldn't it didn't used to be like that. Um, then I took a trip to Italy. I went to Bologna and where they make tortellini. It's where it was invented. And I had uh, tortellini in, in Brodo, which is, I mean, we're talking about the simplicity of Italian cooking. That is like the 
ultimate in simplicity of Italian cooking. Tortellini and brodo is just tortellini in like a really good chicken broth. And the broth becomes sort of starchy and awesome. And is Italian chicken soup like Jewish chicken soup where it's like super, it gets all the fat from the skin? It's, um, no, it's, it's so like this salty. is more like a, this is more like a broth. Um, so it's not like the, you know, like the fatty, it, it is definitely, um, it's got the chicken flavor, but I think what I love about tortellini and brodo is that they, they cook fresh tortellini, they make the tortellini fresh, then they cook it inside the broth and the broth becomes starchy. Mm. So it just, it coats your mouth when you eat it. It's delicious. Um, wow. Yeah. Now I'm thinking it's, it's. It's really that's a hard choice between fucking Larry or tortellini. And, but I, I, I am talking about tortellini like it's an affair that I had a long time ago. <laughs> exactly. Pasta sexy. <laughs> Pasta is carbs are sexy. Carbs, carbs are awesome. <laughs> I I would marry the shit out of ravioli. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No no doubt in my mind for uh, Christmas Day we make ravioli fresh. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't let me do it because my hands get too hot. And it, it fucks up the, the, the pasta. Right. But uh, Who's they? My family. Okay. <laughs> the, I just, it was like the, the ravioli police. <laughs> the, the ravioli mafia. The consigne. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then for one incredibly passionate night, I would just engorge myself in meaty. Just <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to picture that. <laughs> and then uh, tortellini. Um, I really – I eat tortellini – I cook. I buy it. I cook it. I, I let it cool, and then I just make pasta salad with it. So I can make pasta salad with other things. I, you know, so here's the thing: tortellini. Yeah, you can make pasta salad with it, but tortellini, like when you buy it someplace else, it's it's different. You got to make it. <laughs> Did you know that tortellini is probably the sexiest pasta Be- <laughs> because it was modeled after a woman's belly button? Did you know that? That's gross. <laughs> it's awesome. Now that I know that, I'm definitely killing Tony. Oh, come on. It's passionate. It's awesome. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, there's... That's episode one. Episode one that ends with, with controversy about, about Tortellini. So join us on episode two when we don't know what we're going to be talking about, but hopefully it involves something like marry, fuck, kill, I don't know, pumpkin spice lattes or something. Just kill it three times. Yes, burn it with fire. All right, thanks for listening. I'm Tom. I'm Mike. All right, take care. Bye. Bye.